Hello and welcome to Hemet City Lights, a podcast spotlighting small businesses, local nonprofits, and community events in the Hemet and San Jacinto area. And I'm your host, Diana. Today's special guest is Erica from My City Youth. Hello. Hello, Erica. Hi, how are you today? <laughs> good. It's yeah. it's uh, good to be here. It's I think I've met you briefly before through Tamika. Yes. And through Pia, uh, Patty. Patty. Through yes. Patty. Yes. So I, I was well aware of you, and, and we're still, uh, you're still in contact with Tamika. Absolutely. And Patty. And Patty. Oh, good. I haven't seen Patty in a long time. I could tell you where to find her. She's at, her and uh, Randy are at another church, right? Yes, but they also, uh, Patty hosts a women's Bible study. Yes, every yes. Every Wednesday night. Okay, yes. okay. I've been needing to get a hold of her. Does she still do women's counseling? Yes. Awesome. All right. Sorry about that, people. I just had to get that out of the way. Um, so anyways, I've known Erica for a little bit, and I know that she's been with My City Youth. If you are not familiar with My City Youth, um, Erica's going to talk about that with us, and I just have to say it is, it is a good program for the kids in this community and even for the adults. It's, it's a good program, and let's sit back, and uh, I'm going to ask you some questions, and we're going to get familiar today. Awesome. So question number one. Tell us what My City Youth is. My City Youth is currently a 501c3 registered nonprofit here in the San Jacinto Hemet Valley. Okay. We serve the at-risk community. Um, we used to say just kids, but we've grown into so much more. Right. Um, we are a youth center. Um, however, we are currently being morphed through First Five California to becoming a family resource center. Oh, nice. Yes. So, um, you know, what we do here, did I skip ahead? I'm sorry. No, no, you're okay. <laughs> Just talk. Just flow okay. and talk. Don't tell me that. Well, <laughs> uh, so what we do here is we offer free programming for kids um, and you know, you don't have to fit any financial demographic okay. or whatever. Um, we say at-risk kids because of where we're located. Right. We want to obviously encourage them to come here. Right. But no matter who you are, where you're from, you're welcome to you're come welcome here, to come and, here. And, and enjoy. Okay, so then we'll go into the what types of services do you provide. All right. Now I'm ready. Right. <laughs> so we have, and I have, let me get my paper. I always forget a class or two. I did my homework. Good. good. Uh, we have a teen parent program. Okay. Where we have in the back, and I'll be happy to give you a tour when yeah. we're done. I should have done that before we talked. Oh, that's all right. But um, we have uh, a teen parent program where we serve teen parents. Our youngest parent has been 12 years old. Oh, my God. Gosh. And they receive services until they're 21, and then light services until they're 25. But wow. we come across teen parents, and they come in here, and they get counseling, and they get support with baby items like diapers. Thank you for your donation. Yes. Um, and they get clothing. They earn what's called mommy bucks. Okay. And so by doing anything that's positive parenting or positive self-improvement in the home or in the family or for the child, they earn these mommy bucks. They go in, they shop, and they get supplemental items. Nice. However, with the diapers and the wipes, we pass them out weekly. We give out over 36,000 diapers a year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so they wow. each get a pack of diapers and wipes. So we also have um, our art classes, dance classes. There's like six different types of art 
There's about seven different dance classes, including folklorico. Um, we have tutoring, gymnastics, robotics. You're sitting in the music room right, right now. Uh, we have a reading program. We have youth diversion program. I'm in charge of that. Uh, we have a community cafe that we do every Tuesday free for the community, right, community right. leaders. And we also, um, you know, we have referrals. We're feeding families right now during the COVID okay. quarantine. Um, yeah. Wow. We don't do it. We don't do that. <laughs> and all of these are just free resources. Absolutely. We never charge kids or families anything. Wow. Um, we've been blessed. And when when we bow our heads and pray, yeah. the Lord answers. Right. So we are committed to no matter how big we get, no matter we could start giving away brain surgery degrees and it'd still be free. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay, um, how can people donate and what can they donate? Okay. Especially now with the yeah, COVID. It's a whole, this is a whole nother long laundry list. Um, obviously diapers we need for families. Um, there's, what I tell people is my capacity is in, in fund building is, you know, you come through, you do a tour, you fall in love with a certain program. Right. Um, maybe your passion is dance and they always need dance shoes or tap shoes or you know speakers for their music or financial donations so mm. they can you know join tournaments or whatever um, you can you know support art and you know give art supplies or etc etc okay. but we do have general needs that's always your valuable time Okay. Volunteering is a big one. We do need volunteers. Okay. Um, we vet them, so you do go through a background okay, check. Okay, good. Um, because we are regulated by that. Um, you can give uh, school supplies, clothing. In the mommy shop, you can give clothing as well, kids' okay. clothing. Um, you can donate online, or we have a text to give okay. uh, option. I can give you that if we can go over that before. Yeah, at the end. The end. Um, but online, our website, www, do people still say that? I don't know. I think they just say mycityyouth.com. You're smart. Yeah. <laughs> mycityyouth.com. I'm old, so it's www. <laughs> but anyway, on uh, mycityyouth.com, there is a give option, and you okay. can do that right okay. there. Yes. Okay. So just to reiterate, you would, if you want to volunteer here, you will need to pass a background check. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, that's very and important. Not everything counts you out. We right. We don't, we don't want people with crimes against kids, right. batteries, domestic violence, or anything like that. Right. Right. It's just to weed yeah. out the yeah. the bad weeds. Um, and what ages do you work with? So obviously with teen parents, we work zero to five. Okay. Five years old, the kids phase out of that program, but we have dance classes that start uh, if your child is potty trained. Mm -hmm. At whatever age they oh, can start okay. dance or gymnastics. Oh, okay. Yes. Wow. So we go from zero to eighteen. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. And now that you said you're going to start with family services, Yay. that that's going to be the whole family. Yes, we're going to be able to offer more services okay. through First Five. So some of them may be parenting resources for families. Um, you know, there could be services for foster kids and families. Mm -hmm. The, the possibilities are endless. Listen, I had two disabled, not disabled, but okay. Two kids that needed special needs met wow. when I first moved to Hemet. I came from Long Beach. Um, we lived right by the hospital. Mm -hmm. It was just a matter of, hey, here's this specialist. That's where we never had to go anywhere. 
but I came out here and I lived in Hemet and I had this old 1994 green Astro van that was given to us because my car was stolen the first week I lived here oh, in Hemet. Oh no. And I had to drive back and forth to Loma Linda. Oh wow. And had no money. Wow. Nothing. Like my husband was unemployed when we came here. Yeah. I was unemployed and I was just starting to get sick. I have lupus and the first few years are the worst and so I'm driving back and forth best I can. I had people at church who would offer me their cars or take us. So, you know, I understand um, the limited resources we have in this valley. So, ideally, I would use some of my own experiences and experiences from other people Mm -hmm. in this town well, I know go through the same thing right so to have that here would just be amazing right to just be right. a part of kids who just have it just a little bit easier because mom's a little bit stressed and didn't mm. have to drive to Riverside right right I'm all aboard so. right and do you um, offer will this include like parenting classes possibly to yes. help parents my executive director my director my executive director Dan Harris is um very open-minded and very focused on family mm-hmm. and while we he started a youth center um, and this is what we serve you know you can one his favorite saying is how do you eat an elephant and it's one bite one at bite time. at a time so we've got the kids thing going we're growing and it's time to do a little bit more right so I don't know I don't know exactly what right. it would entail but it would be definitely beneficial to families in this community that absolutely absolutely i like that idea um for some of those who don't know what does an at-risk youth mean all right so an at-risk uh the term at risk is a in this instance a child or family that requires uh temporary or ongoing interventions in order to successfully transition to self-sufficiency. Okay. So in this uh, community, we have a lot of foster kids. If you're a foster kid, you're at, at risk. If you have a parent who uses drugs, you're at risk. If you have a parent who uh, works all the time and leaves you at home by yourself, you're at risk. Mm. If you live in a community where any of these things exist, you're at risk. If you are uh, socioeconomically disadvantaged, you're at risk. So basically, if you live in this valley, you're at I risk. I feel like you just named off every kid <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, the, and that's the case. Is, is Unfortunately, we live in that type of society. Right, right. We are a community of 90,000. Yeah, yeah. So let's take away 30,000 30, for kids. Now we're a, we have a population of 30,000 kids that's trying to grow and succeed in a pool of 60,000 adults that are dysfunctional right. in some kind of way. Right, right. And not saying that in a negative connotation. Yeah. But here's, this is what they're being fed, right. our dysfunction, right. Right? right? And so if programs like this don't exist, right. we're going to have 90,000 dysfunction adults and then their kids and their kids and their kids and it just gets worse. It just worse, right, right. Okay, that makes sense. So, next question. How do you feel My City Youth makes Hammett a better place? I have kind of a biased opinion, obviously. But I also have 
two different versions. So my spiritual response, if I may, is the Holy Spirit resides here. And um, we see it every day. And we feel it every day. We walk in the storm, we pray for this community. We, before we walk out, we pray for this community. Before you came in, we prayed for you. Um, it's what we do. Right. So in my spiritual belief, that's how. Mm-hmm. Um, in my professional capacity, we open the door for opportunities that include everyone. And I say everyone, including we talked about before mm-hmm. we went on air, about including other nonprofits right. and other businesses and leaders in this community. We open the door for opportunities so that this whole community can nurture these kids. Right. right. These kids are our future. We right. can't run up and down Florida and save the world. Right. We can't do it. We're not going to change these adults. Right. And, but if we start at the root, the tree grows healthy. Right. Right? We plant right. the good soil. Right. We, we show these kids from 0 to 18, there's a better way to react to social right. issues. There's a better way to get past, um, you know, the things that happen at home. You're, you're not, I tell these kids all the time, you're not the mistakes of your parents. Right. You're just not. You're right. collateral right. damage. Right. And so, you know, somebody has to instill that. I grew up, it, it was insane, and this is a, probably a whole other show. But I carried all those guilts and burdens with me until I was 40 years old. Wow. And then again until I was about 45. I'm 52. Mm-hmm. I'm like seven years free, and I'm ready to rock and roll until right. over in the world. You too can be free. Right. You don't have to carry that that guilt of, uh, my mom hit me because I'm bad. Right. No, she didn't. Yeah. She hit you because she's got issues. Right. And they right. don't include you. Right. And so I, I very adamantly do this with kids, sometimes very uncomfortably, but they come back. Yeah. And so somebody's got to tell these kids they're not the problem. And, right. And that's our mission. I, I don't know that I've ever heard it in that. I've never heard it that simply before. Mm. I've always just heard. I don't know that any kid has ever heard it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think if they had heard that, what a world of difference it would make in their life I I, yeah I know for me had somebody told me that sooner being what I believe sometimes to be intelligent right um, who knows right you know but I'm thankful because if somebody had I wouldn't be here I wouldn't be talking to you I may not be affecting the kids I may not be doing the job that changed my entire life right so right Okay, so I didn't write this question down, but now my thought I, I thought of this. How what is the story of my city youth? Like how did it start? Mm. It's not it hasn't been in the community for that long, right? It's still fairly well, new. Dan Harris and his wife Becky, who is the director of the mommy shop, have been in this valley since the mid mid early to mid eighties. Okay. Um they had these passions mm-hmm. for kids. Um, they've always served them in their professional uh, capacities. It was 2014 when we came to this particular spot. Um, they were actually with another uh, nonprofit, Youth for Truth. Right, right. And then Youth for Christ. And so they kind of branched out on their own and formed. My City Youth Center. Right. In My City Youth Center, um, 
is uh, the brainchild of Dan and Becky. They came here. This, this, they were actually. Uh, I'm a little tongue-tied because I know I got to get it right. <laughs> so they were operating in a church. Okay. And um, the church was being sold, and they had to move. Oh, okay, gotcha. And so you know all about that. I actually. know all about that. <laughs> so. Uh, they started to look for properties and they came to this particular property and at first it was really really cheap and so once they found out uh, they were trying to put another liquor store or something here Ugh. and then of course the price doubles of course. and so they're like oh we can't purchase this property blah blah so they were in here uh, looking at the property and one of the helpers that was helping you know look at the property came in and told the director there's a lady outside he was literally sitting in a chair in the middle of this place praying hey god what is it you would have me do and this right. guy comes and he says there's a little old lady outside she wants to talk to you and he's like okay tears still wondering what's going to happen right and he goes out and she hands him a check and she's like i just hope this helps you know and he's talking he's like thank you and you know we don't know what we're going to do and the lady said, well, that's $70,000. I hope that helps. And so he just burst into tears. Cause Cause he didn't look at the check. No, he just thought. No, yeah. So that's the beginning of what you're sitting in right now. Mm. And so that's how we operate. We sit down, we pray, right. and the Lord delivers. Right, Literally, right. and people look at us like, oh, these Christian crazy nuts. This is, it's not about that. Right. We're, we're not, we don't label ourselves Christians. We're right. a group of believers who work right. as believers. Right. And, um, and religion just, isn't shoved down these kids' absolutely throat. Absolutely not. No. 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 If a child asks about it or a family asks about it, we're there. Right. We are about walking in love. Right. Love and fun should always be free. Right. And, right. And that's all we do is produce that. Right. There's absolutely no training. There's right. no brainwashing. We're not kidnapping anyone into, right. you know. No hey, one's drinking punch. No, we're not drinking punch. No, no, no. no, no, no. Although we, when we feed kids, we give we them, do drink. We give them lemonade. Okay. <laughs> no, this is a safe place. I do know that you know some people will put that stigma if it's a Christian related thing. Well, I don't want my child to be a part of that because it's a religious organization. When in fact, yes. it's just an organization showing children love. Yes, that's all it is. The community. Yeah. Yeah. There's no discrimination. We've had Muslim students. We've had Jewish students. You know, obviously our racial profile is diverse. Um, there's no instance that would ever uh, ban anybody from being here. None. And none of these kids feel uncomfortable. No. Or they wouldn't well, be I here. I don't know if they do. Well, I mean, they wouldn't be here <laughs> no, if they did. No, they wouldn't. They come you know. in and, and we'll, we'll talk more. You have some questions yeah. that I'll touch on. That. Yeah, okay. So, uh, next question Tell us how you found yourself in this position. Whew. All right, so I told you I had a, a pretty hefty background of trauma. I was raised in a home where I was sexually abused and neglected from the age of three um, and never worked that out with anybody. Mm. Um, so, of course, in my adult life, I was susceptible by choice to painful and abusive relationships. Um, I've had my share um, from being sold by a mate for sex, from uh, I've been raped, I've been 
physically abused, I've been locked away, I've been mentally torn apart. Um, at the age of 40, I had my first child, and I wanted to commit suicide during pregnancy. I didn't want to bring a little girl into the world that, um, and it started when they told me it was a girl, that uses little girls. Yeah, that was so painful. I didn't want any part of that. I couldn't live with it. And so I unsuccessfully tried to kill myself using drugs. And uh, one day, it was August, I was 22 weeks pregnant, or actually I was earlier than that, but I walked to the hospital and in the heat, my flip-flops through Long Beach, and wow, what a wacko. Anyway, so I ended up there and I was told, you're gonna die. My blood pressure, I was basically having a stroke without having a stroke. And your child's already gone. And so I'm like, I still feel her, like my mind was still stuck. Anyway, I was the only one who could feel her heartbeat and feel her move and they were like, you're gonna die. And so I was in the hospital bed and a couple days later, I was being wheeled down a hallway. I was 22 weeks pregnant, exactly. And in that hallway, I heard a very a voice I knew exactly. It was the Holy Spirit who said, listen, if you trust me, I got this. Trust me. And I had nothing else to do. What could I lose at this point? I'm about to deliver a dead baby. Have me. Right. And so I did. And I can tell you now, I know why Noah built an ark. And I know why Moses walked. And I know why... The woman at the well ran back telling people what was going on because that's a real voice. That's a real something. And and I'm not a nutbag. I say that a lot. Whatever. <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, I'm not one of those. So I, I had this child, and she came out, and she weighed exactly one pound, and she was uh, at guard at zero. And I heard the whisper, look at her. And I looked and this little hand shot up into the air and this mighty little voice, it was oh. it. And I said, I'm his, that's it. Like he did it. Oh. And so anyway, long story short, I decided to dedicate my life to her and making sure she got where she needed to be right. because she deserved to be here right. and I didn't. Right. This was who, what I thought. I had right. no purpose. This was it. This is it. I'm, yeah. I'm this parent of this child. And so I thought, when she goes back to school, I'll go back to work. No big deal. Then came number two. Mm. <laughs> Never planned a number two. Yeah. And so uh, when they got both got to school age, I started looking for work. And it was kind of a thing. My husband had a good job. And I was just looking for something to supplement and do something with my time. I would do speaking here for the teen parents about my issues and the things I had been through and survived. And so I came in and I did a speaking engagement. I went to the mommy shop and I was watching kids cry and they couldn't have teething medicine. And so I'm sad. Oh, so I took okay. my last $5 and went and bought acetaminophen at the Dollar Tree yeah. and came back. And then I sat down with my director and he started sharing things about his vision. And one of the things he started talking about was a program I had already wrote. And I had already been told I couldn't teach because I was living in sin and I thought oh my gosh like 
thank you for closing that door. I'd still well, be stuck there in that hot church teaching stuff, yeah. and I could be here. Right, right. And so he said, I can give you a job, but I can't pay you. And I'm like, okay, because, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm intelligent. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it, and then I dove in, and I found a purpose. Right. And I found a validation for every door that had ever been closed, for every trans ever done to me the Lord redeemed it all yeah and how can I not be here right how can I not right and so here I am and this is not a job this is my calling right this is a mission a ministry this is my life it's what I do right and so that's how I ended up here and it's until he picks me up by the shirt because I'm stubborn Uh uh-huh moves to somewhere else else. I'm not going anywhere wow Sorry, Hammett, you're stuck with me. <laughs> I think uh, of all people to be stuck with, they're, they're <laughs> glad to be stuck with you. All right, thanks. <laughs> so when our next question, I ask this for everybody, when are you happiest at work? Whew. So there's so many variations, answers. I love the laughter. I sit in my office and I hear the laughter. I hear the joy and the happiness of kids. Um, parents come in and say thank you Um, but I guess to be completely transparent I work with the Department of Probation in uh, overseeing our program that lets kids do community service court order okay and I get to sit down with parents and children and talk about what's really wrong. And we talked earlier about nobody ever saying, right. you're not the problem. Right. So at the same time, I'm telling the child and the parent. And it's pretty powerful. Um, I don't solve problems. I'm not a counselor. But I like to open the door. And when you see or feel a child or a parent receive the understanding that they are not at fault mm-hmm. for what they've gone through. Mm-hmm. It's really rewarding. And so when the kids come in and open up, they cry. Right. And they talk to you even if it's just a word or two right. about what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite. And that's 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 the reward. Knowing you know, you've opened the door yeah. just a little bit yeah. to freedom. That's good. That's a good answer. Um, okay, next uh, next question. Tell us some of your best success stories. So, there's so many. There was a young man, 10 years old, young black child that that was here and was very troubled at home and he kept running away and so a final instance of him running away I was contacted by his social worker um, that he had run away but he had always spoke highly of coming here Um, I don't know that it was me because I always 
tried to make him follow the rules. So right, it wasn't right. that he was coming here for me, but he was coming back. And so um, he uh, he came. This was his safe haven. Uh huh. And so of course I have to call CPS. I'm mandated. I have to call the law. I'm mandated. And they said, you know, can you keep him there? Uh, okay. Like I'll figure this out. I can lock the gates. Yeah. That <laughs> I can do. You can't yeah. get out. <laughs> We're secure. So we did. Finally, police show up, and um, they come in, and he's, you know, cooperative or whatever, and they go out the back, and when we're standing there talking to the officer, the little boy takes off. Oh, boy. And the officer takes chase, and, you know, he has to put him in a bear hug to get him to, you know, calm down or whatever. Right. And this 10-year-old boy, filled with so many reasons not to go home starts fighting the police officer like fist fighting oh wow and so I broke like I'm about to break now but Mm. it it made me truly realize that what I was doing was important that there's kids out there with so much anger built inside that at 10 years old you're gonna suck a cop in the face right that's wow. unfathomable to me. <laughs> yeah. And so anyway, of course they took him, whatever. But just recently I saw the CPS worker, and she told me that this little boy's life is real good right now. Well, that's good. And I don't know that I necessarily played a part in that, so it's not my success story. But it moved me in such a way that I won't ever stop. Because at 10, I remember those feelings. Right. I'd want to be anywhere but home. And I want to do my part in helping my team here, which is amazing. Um, from my boss to our operations manager to the mommy shop to my art teacher to the dance teacher and the community that supports us. I want to be a part of making this better than home. Right. And so that's one of my very, very favorite success stories. So he would rather spend a night in jail than go home. Yeah. And, you know, I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of it too, I, I'm not a mom or anything, but um, I sit back and sometimes I complain about the first world problems I have, mm-hmm. you know, that are big to me at that moment, mm-hmm. you know, like my stupid computer takes an hour to start. Can you imagine? I just, it's so frustrating. Yes. I just want to, you know. So unfair. So unfair. But then yeah. I hear stories of, you know, my mom works at Ramona, mm. and she just tells me um, sometimes she just knows some of the kids just go through mm-hmm. such hell at home. Yes. And it just breaks my heart, you know, yes. that they're just they're just little people. They're, and, they're defenseless. And that 10-year-old boy was the inspiration for the drive-throughs and we need to right. get our eyes on kids right. and who's paying attention to them and who you know comes out of their office to tell them hey, I'm beautiful today right right you know, or to tell a young girl who drew a picture of me with a black crown because she didn't have a white one <laughs> that black is still beautiful right, right you know right. it's okay you can right. make me purple green or uh, yellow. I, don't I don't care, care. <laughs> like 
So yeah. it's it's a rewarding thing, but we have to as society, we have to open our eyes right. that there's a reason these people are robbing people. There's a, pe- a reason why these 18 year old boys are pulling guns, and it's not excusable. There's a reason. There's a reason. And if you want that to stop, you gotta stop the reason. Right, right. Because nothing's gonna change. Right. Somebody at some point made that child feel hopeless, and right. now this is how I live. Right. We we have to stop that. So that's Absolutely. that's the drive behind this. That's the the beauty of youth advocacy and wanting to open the doors and scream out the windows. Somebody's got to love these kids. Right. So I think every adult, every child deserves an adult that's absolutely crazy about them. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to be a facilitator of making sure they do. That's awesome. Um, the last, the last part of our interview I do for everyone is. Tell us all the ways we can connect with you and we can find you. All right. You can find me in a lot of places in this community, but you can always find me at My City Youth. Um, I am here Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. when classes open back up. Otherwise, I am always available on Facebook Messenger. You can go to our My City Youth Facebook page. If you like and follow, you can always hear and Mm -hmm. keep updated with the things we do. Um, you can email me, and I'll say it slowly. It is mycityerica, that's E-R-I-K-A, mycityerica at gmail.com. Um, on Facebook, I am Erica London. I'm totally transparent. I don't... I'm, if you're creepy, I'm not going to accept your request, so <laughs> just know that I'm going to No Facebook, creepers. Yeah, I'm going to Facebook stalk you before you connect with me. On Instagram, we are My City Youth Center. Okay. Wait, I got to uh, I always forget our Instagram. Yeah, we are My City Youth Center. Um, we're very active on Facebook and Instagram. I'm working on Twitter. I ain't no way got time for that right uh, now. I, well, you know what I do is just connect the Twitter and the Instagram. And then you only have to do it once. You know what I failed the first time? <laughs> so I gave up. I'm not gonna lie. I gave up. Anyway, um, if you are looking to support us, it's so super duper easy. We talked about it. Uh, earlier, you can go to our Facebook page, mycucenter.com, uh-huh. or .org, or whatever dot you put behind it, you're uh-huh. going to pull us up. Uh, or you can text to give. Oh. We are working on, and this is the very first time, this is an exclusive. Oh, cool, cool. Exclusive. So, we are starting a new campaign called My City Builds It. And what we want to do on the empty lot on the corner of Latham and Palm, we purchased the four empty lots. Oh, we wow. We build a gymnasium that is a safe zone. Wow. No child should be playing basketball and getting shot at. Right. We just had an instance, and we're going to stop. Right. We're going to stop and say, this is where your kids can come. We're going to build impenetrable walls of concrete that nobody right. can shoot through. It's going to be called the safe zone, and we want to build it. And we need $7 million. So you leave your check before you walk out. I, $7 million. I've got it. I've got it. Got anyway, it. you can join us in, in building this up and being a part of this in the community nice. by texting My City Build It, B U I L D I T, My City Build It, to 41. 41- 
four 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 one. And I'll have all of this written out yes. in the blog. I will give you so. a, a flyer. Oh, I can yeah, email that'd be it great. to you. Yes, and you that can put would be it good. directly on there. Yeah, that would so be good. So that's it. My city build it four one four four four. That's exciting. It is. Um, well, I just want to say thank you for sitting with me. Yes. For um, a lot of people who listen to this podcast are people who are not aware of this community. Please connect with me. So, I'm getting my own podcast. Are you really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's exciting. It is. And we can all podcast with each you other one day. Podcast. We'll, just, we'll just do it. I don't even know what a podcast is, I, but I'm getting one. It's this. And Julio will connect you. Awesome. Julio, um, he told me, he's like, I got this and this for you, and this will make it easier. Awesome. So uh, go to Julio for I all will. your needs with that. Will. Yeah. Yes. Um, but thank you, Erica. Yes, it was a joy. And um, thank you all for listening. Thank you. And City Lights. Woo! Woo! Hit City Lights. If you don't like the page, like the page. Right. Like. Oh, yeah. Like my page. But that'll be on the thing, too. Nice. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Awesome. Thank you. Stop.